historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue recording on this, the 17th of September. I am Dino, and you are? And I am Ace. Matt, uh, how have you been, man? Uh, it could have been better, but I'm doing okay. All right. Um, same, pretty much same. (laughs) (laughs) Um... You sent me a video the other day of, of apparently there's a glitch in Destiny 2 where you can combine the origin yeah. traits of some weapons that you can shape with other weapons yes. that you can shape. Yeah, so it's a crafting bug. So basically, um, for people who have no context to this whatsoever, imagine you have different types of guns, right? So you have like shotguns and you have like uh, ARs and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Sniper rifles, bows, you know, a wide variety. And what you can do is you can essentially make it so there's a certain type of bug which actually involves capping your frame rate. And I actually, so I did partake in this. I capped my frame rate and I downloaded something in the background because that's kind of like how you can do this bug effectively. Yes. Um, Just really, really hammer your hardware to keep the game running poorly. Yeah, you like go to craft a weapon, but you go, you click on essentially, you're, you're making the game thinking you're clicking on one weapon when you're clicking on another when you go to craft it and make the weapon. Uh, and then it gives you a list of like perks and frames that you can add on to the weapon when you're crafting it. Yes. So like you can have like an AR, but every time, uh, you know, you, a bullet shoots out the AR, it's shotgun rounds, uh, that have extended range and it, it, it's, it's insane. Um, I was uh I actually soloed the master version of the dungeon, the new dungeon that we did together. Uh we're doing this bug. Um oh my on, god. Uh with it yeah, it's it's pretty insane. You know what um, would be wild? Mm-hmm. Would be if you could put Outlaw Desperado on a rapid fire frame pulse rifle. Uh I think you can. Yeah, because you could you could steal rapid fire frame from somewhere else. Oh, but that yeah that but that's not even the half of it though. Like I'm, I, people are putting uh, like aggressive frame shotgun uh, frames on grenade launchers and making <laughs> it so that they do five hundred thousand damage a shot. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Like it's insane, or or they're making their hand cannon, their revolvers uh, shoot rockets. Like it's it's madness. It's great. I bring that up because I wanna I wanna do some experimenting later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, sure. I'm kind of interested in trying to see what can yeah. be done there. Um, yeah, people. Oh, PVP is ruined. Um, I, I, oh, I was yeah. doing some PVP and um, uh, basically so. One the most used uh, weapon in the game right now is the Amit. It's an AR for uh, uh, and basically uh, some you if you so there's a a perk in Destiny Two called Mulligan and basically makes it so that whenever you miss a shot, there's an escalating chance that the shot gets refunded back into the mag. Right, mm-hmm. um, that is one of the most broken perks right now. Because um, when you combine that with an aggressive frame, for example, as like a shotgun uh, frame on an AR. Uh, every time you pull the trigger, you're shooting shotgun shots. So the game registers each one of those shotgun like pellets 
as like a shot that gets missed essentially so you oh my god so mulligan mulligan is going to escalate for every pellet that doesn't hit the target yes correct and 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 it's just going to keep refunding shots yeah, you can spam forever. I, oh I never have to reload. Oh my god! You can put. I have Mulligan on my grenade launcher, and it does the same thing. It doesn't run out. Oh wow! Yeah, that's wild. Uh, but yeah, people did that with the AR, and then they have uh, ricochet rounds, which makes the bullets like bounce. So people are literally spraying around corners, killing entire teams. Uh, <laughs> just an AR. Uh, I, it's it's not even funny. It's horrendous, but it's great. I love that Bungie came out and said, look, we're going to fix it, but we're not going to like yeah. cancel trials over it or anything. The game is broken for now. We're going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. 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 They they literally said, have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so, that, like, um, so yeah, that's uh, if you go online and you just Google it, uh, uh, it's it's insane. The combinations people were able to make like people were making, you know, I, I, the first day it came out, people made a one shot bow and everyone thought that was so crazy. A one shot body shot bow. And mm-hmm. it's like that's nothing compared to like what what the other uh, horror horrendous beyond comprehension creations have, that have come out of this. That's incredible. Uh, it's, it's, it's really funny. It's like, I don't know if you've ever played Borderlands, uh, but all the guns feel like, all the crafted guns now feel like a gun you'd find in Borderlands. Just insanely overpowered. Yeah, just, in, yeah, just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's real fun. I mean, it is very fun. Um, it's certainly, uh, it, I'm going to miss it actually when it's gone, because it's going to be like, this is the most powerful anyone has ever been in Destiny by far. Yeah. Uh, no, no, like, competition. Uh, so it's going to feel like a pretty big nerf when it actually gets fixed because I was playing with it earlier and it's just like and the hardest content in the game is just like you can fall asleep and w- just do well. Just kill uh, it. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, one of my uh, I made a fusion rifle, but I put a wave frame like a grenade launcher wave frame uh, on the fusion rifle. So every time I shoot, it shoots like 20 like uh, grenade launch shells at them directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's just insane but yeah that's that's that is what destiny 2 is right now Um, honestly it makes me wish they would kind of build a system to do that just make it super expensive to to kit out a gun like that i am shocked that it actually just works like you can just do it yeah you know i mean like the code allows for it right now you know we we all make fun of like bungie's code spaghetti code and stuff but it's like I didn't think this was actually even possible. Like, it would actually work. Like, I didn't think I could shoot a rocket out of my hand cannon, but I can. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, like they just, could call... They could make they, a system to put together guns like that. Like, if they just opened yeah. up the... If they just totally opened up the um, crafting system, and they basically yeah. said, like, you can put anything on any gun. You have to have the gun... Uh, this is kind of how they... I would want them to do it. The gun has to be level 100. And you oh, have to okay, recraft yeah. the gun, right? But the gun has to be level 100, and it's super expensive to do it. Like, you're going to have to sure. be capped out on uh, your... Uh, oh, what's the resource? The golf ball resource. Oh, Ascendant Alloy? Yes, and it's going to take all of them. So, yeah. so it's super expensive. It's going to be difficult to get a gun to level 100 to actually do it. You're really going to have to grind it out, and you can't take that gun into the, into the Crucible. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But that, they, that would like, be amazing, dude. 
Yeah, I agree. That or make it so like, because what you can do now is not only can you change the frame, like put different frames on weapons, but you can just like pull perks from weapons that shouldn't have those perks, right? Right. Just all together. Uh, I feel like they should just let you have the perks, like universal, and then you can just like put, you know what I mean? Have those crazy combos. Even just if open they up the perk pool. Frames. Yeah. Yeah, even if they didn't allow the frames, because the frame thing is a little busted. Like, it's a little, like, this is obviously unintentionally broken uh, in, in a good way. But, you know, uh, but just the perk pool opening that up alone on the weapons, I think, would be a, a very positive thing. So if they did that, if they did, if they opened up the perk pool, let's say your gun has yeah. to be level 100 and you can apply the entire perk pool to it when you go to reshape. Yeah. Right. So, like, if, if your gun's level 100 and you get to apply every perk you want to it, but you can't take that a reshaped level 100 weapon into the crucible. It's it's mm-hmm. locked out. Yeah. You you don't get to do that. You can do I mean you, you know what I mean? Or like it, or yeah, or make it so like in crucible it defaults to the normal perks. Like you can have like you know um perks from not the not on like the family tree of that weapon, right. but those will be reset if you enter a PVP match or something. Right. I think that would yeah. be awesome because it's a look. It's yeah. a the PVE content. I don't. I think Destiny has turned itself into a mobile game now. Like they've they've mm-hmm. gotten rid of the power grind for the most part. They have uh, once you hit eighteen ten, they haven't added anything after that. Um, and so it's about leveling up your relic. And they like it's 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 much closer to a mobile game like, you know, get on there and do your weekly thing and then you don't play for the rest of the week. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So it's it's since they've done that, I wouldn't mind if the power creep got weird again. Like, I I wouldn't mind if the power creep was bad. Yeah, the the power creep makes it fun, you know? Yeah. Like, uh. If you're going to have me doing chores, at least make me overpowered doing them. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, it's like the Borderlands thing, right? Like it, sometimes on Borderlands, uh, maybe you'll grind for a gun, but every time you reload, you drop a nuke uh, out of the mag or something. Right. Like, you know, something stupid like that. Uh, it's like it, it makes things fun and unpredictable. Uh, it's just, uh, it, yeah, it, it keeps the, the spice of it. Uh because right now it's just like everything is very balanced, which is well not in PvP, uh, which no. should be balanced, but yeah. everything is like fairly balanced to the point where nothing feels that great, in my opinion. Right, uh, and here's and the, that's like, why the, I don't, I don't yeah, need but, regular tier strikes to be hard. I don't need regular tier no, strikes no. to get in my way. I don't if I can if I can get my time in a strike down to like five minutes i feel good about running that strike because it's it's just busy work i've been running the same ones for years now it doesn't matter just let me let me be too powerful for this activity because i'm only doing it to fulfill bounties anyway yeah exactly and also you know uh the uh, bungee or destiny relies a lot uh for like uh its longevity is build crafting and i think like you know i i'm of the mindset in a pve setting that if you can find some really good build like some frankenstein build that no one else has thought of and you can do like a million damage yeah good on you that's hilarious if you can if you can Uh, min max yourself ridiculously like that you should be able to Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, while it may be, and I understand that's hard to like balance, but, you know, there are like in raids and things like that, but there's mitigating things you can do. Like if you want to like cap people's power or something in a raid or like, you know, build mechanics that like kind of counteract that you could, they could do that. Even Uh, if they wanted to have it where like guns, if they did that system, right, where you could unlock the entire perk pool when you had a gun at a hundred, if they, if they did that system and turned it off for PvP and, like, Grandmaster stuff. Where it's like, if you're going to go play Hard Destiny, we're going to yeah. keep Hard Destiny hard. But if you're going to go right. run regular strikes, take whatever broken shit you want into it. Who cares? Right, yeah. Like, are you really going to, like, say, oh, well, that's too broken for a strike or something like that. Right. Like, this is, I, I, I'm going to beat the strike. You're just prolonging it. <laughs> yes, you're just, you're just <laughs> making it stupid. It's, you're just wasting yeah. my time in the strike. It's the difference between being challenging and tedious. Like, yes. You know, but they could have like yeah. they could have higher tier content be perfectly balanced, and all the regular yeah. content is like, yeah. I mean, break it. Who cares? Like, if you're gonna right. run a raid and, at the regular difficulty tier, fine. You're gonna have to crank up the difficulty on the raid it, to turn that stuff yeah. off and actually get a, a challenging experience. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like people love contest mode, even though a lot of things are restricted in contest mode raids, like right. intentionally to like do that. And that's fine. You know, that's that's where it's appropriate. Oh, they to, straight like, up turned know, off an exotic it. weapon for contest mode on well, the most recent them. raid. Yeah. Yeah. They they disabled many exotics. In fact, they disabled actual abilities. In fact, uh, you know, which yeah. we've done in the past. But it's like, yeah, that's when it's like appropriate to do that when the point is the challenge. Right. Yes. But if I'm just doing a strike, I know I'm going to beat it. I just want to have fun and, uh, you know, nuke the entire map. And I, I think I should be able to do that. Yes. I'm uh, here for I'm here strike. for bounty progress. I'm here for progress toward the exotic engram. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm not here. I'm not here in this strike to I don't care if it's going to take me you know 2 minutes or 15 minutes to run this strike. Right. And honestly, at this point it's closer to that 2 minute side of that anyway. Right. Even if they yeah. started taking 15 minutes when they first came out, it's like it's we're closer now to the 2 minute side of that. So just let me break this yeah. game and finish these bounties so I can go do something fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting, and I think it's something they need to add to the game. You, you need to be able to build broken guns in the game. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, okay, so I have a... a I'm, I'm going to start with this because it's small. Um, the Ken Paxton uh, impeachment thing ended. Um, the, uh, he was acquitted by the Senate on everything. Okay. Um, the actual, the interesting part of now he's still facing his federal securities fraud charges and stuff like that. Right. So that's not gone away, Mm. but, uh, this was just the impeachment side of it. What was interesting about it was that the senators seemed to rely on sort of the brokenness of the way the house brought the articles of impeachment against him. Um, Mm, okay. For example, the house had witnesses come in who were not under oath, who gave testimony that was based on one person described it as triple hearsay. Um, mm. the kind of evidence that you would never allow in court. Um, you know, like, so, so they, they sort of, they, they were saying that the procedure was garbage and that these articles shouldn't really have even been brought because of the way the house did the process, which to me makes perfect sense. I'm actually okay with that. Um, what what was interesting, though, and this is a point that Lady Jane made when we were talking about it, and it was like, yeah, the procedural stuff being broken is 
They're kind of lucky it went that way because if the evidence, if if that wasn't what it was, they'd have a harder time justifying acquitting him. But Mm -hmm. because it was that way, it's fine. Lady Jane pointed out, hold on, if they have such a problem with that kind of procedure, what they're describing is just the way a grand jury works. (laughs) There are no rules of evidence in a grand jury. There's no, the defense doesn't get to come in and cross-examine witnesses at a grand jury. So if you have a problem with the way that, that this was done in the house, you must then have a problem with the way that grand juries work and you right. must be a proponent of grand jury reform. But these, the Republicans in the, in the Texas Senate, uh, probably not. <laughs> yes. I'd be surprised if, uh, they were consistent. That'd be shocking. Yeah. So I, I did think that was interesting. That was a very good point that she made. Um, yeah, that's very good. But I do think the complaints are valid because I am a proponent of grand jury reform. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you guys are being hypocrites, but you're right on this one. Yeah, uh, you know? exactly. You're right here. I wish you were right everywhere else too. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's just an update on that. And then there's also um, on the last episode. You remember I said by the end of the week that New Mexico gun thing was going to be handled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. They, yep. uh, last week, there was, FPC brought a case, and I think another, I think, uh, was it GOA or the GRA? I can't remember. Another organization brought a case, and the uh, gun restrictions from, the uh, Governor Lujan Grisham's gun restrictions were uh, enjoined. They cannot be enforced. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's it's done. It's like that's the yeah. those for those restrictions in particular. Yeah, which which you know we both assumed right. I, I yes. think both of us knew it's like this is there's no way this stands up. No, yes, at all. exactly. So that's a good thing. I'm I'm happy yeah. it went that way. Uh, it was going to go that way. I'm glad nobody mm-hmm. did anything stupid. <laughs> right, and everybody was yep. just patient and let it play out. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's, that was, that's a good outcome. It was enjoined. It can't be enforced. And, um, it's probably just going to be absolutely raked over the coals now for the next, you know, however long this, this action, this is in, uh, in the courts. Good, good, good. (laughs) So, um, she, she is, she is fucking such a dummy if she thought this was going to work in the first place. Right. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if this was like almost a PR ploy, you know, type thing or something, because there's no way, right, that she actually thought this would do anything. Well, what I don't understand about it, I just dropped something. I'm sure that came through. What I don't understand about <laughs> it is, um, is that this is the kind of thing that they could, the gun control side of the aisle could get away with this at some point in the future, but it's too early oh, right yes. now. Right. Yeah. And I, so I don't know why you're going to give away the game like that. Right. At this point in history, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, but that happened. Um, and there's also another small thing. So the, the Bobert story. Oh Yeah. So there was a, a video, security video, that came out of her at the theater with her boyfriend um, at a showing of the Beetlejuice musical, I think. Oh, was I didn't know that part. I that's think that's funny. what it is. I'm not positive, but I think that's what it is. And um, this man is pawing at her breasts mm-hmm. in, in an incredibly 
ape-like manner. <laughs> and she is rubbing his crotch. Yeah. So she's she's not... It's not as if she has a problem with this behavior. Right, right. <laughs> and um, she was kicked out of the show, and everyone covering it is focusing on the fact that she was supposedly kicked out of the show for vaping. <laughs> like, she was kicked out of the show for chucking clouds in the theater. <laughs> Dean, I can't believe this elephant in my room is wearing a bow tie. (laughs) What is going on? That's the way every every news organization is covering it as Lauren Boebert kicked out of a theater for vaping. And not the possibility that that they were kicked out of the theater for the intensive PDA Uh that was going on. Yeah. And everyone's ignoring, even if that's not the official reason given for why she was kicked out of the theater, everyone's ignoring the fact that this even happened, which actually is probably a good thing. Because it's not, I don't care. You're in a darkened theater with your lady friend. Yes, you're going to touch her boob. Even before, like, before we started the show and we were talking about this, my and before I heard about the vaping angle, because I didn't know that was actually a thing that they were reporting, right. or how they were spinning it, or uh, how they were presenting it, uh, I was like, yeah, I don't really care about this story, And but the vaping thing is genuinely funny. That that's, it that's is, yeah. Going with. Because the, the, it's, it's the media is just ignoring that part, <laughs> yeah. the other part, and they're yeah. just running with the vaping thing. Hey, you were kicked out of a theater for yeah. vaping, huh? And it's like... I mean, there was other stuff going on. Yeah. If you're a news organization, you're going to bring up the fact that she was kicked out of a theater, and now this information's out there. It's like, at this point, if you're going to cover the story, cover the story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, it ended up being, like, like there, nobody, everyone's ignoring. Which, honestly, again, I'm fine with, because I do not care right. what she yeah, and, her, care. and her dude get up to in a darkened yeah. theater. Right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was nothing... I mean, here's the thing, too. I, I, the only the thing that bothered me the most about it, and I said this on, on Twitter, the thing that bothered me the most about it was the fact that he was just so undignified. Just oh, pawing yeah, that, at her. That was... That was I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. There's a way to do that. There's a way to touch your lady friend's uh, 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 breasts without looking like a fucking degenerate. <laughs> like, there's a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, he looked very desperate. Uh, yes! Put it that way. Just pawing at them animalistically. And it's like, this yeah. is... You can do this in a subtle way, in a dignified way. You don't have to do this like this. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> um... But yeah, honestly, the, the the only people who got mad about it really were the conservatives and, and some liberals who were just like, well, if this was a liberal doing this, they would be all up in arms. But I think it kind of fits, too, with the story of that woman who I can't remember what she's running for. Is it representative who was a who did camming with her husband on Chatterbait? Oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like there's there's a few people talking about that, but nobody really seems to care about that either. And I'm like, cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was she was camming with her husband. I don't see yeah, like, I don't I, see the problem. I, I, I yeah, I just don't care. Truthfully, like whenever people whenever I see these things in the news cycle, I'm just like, okay. Am I am I is is this supposed to elicit an opinion out of right, me or something? Right. <laughs> am I supposed to feel strongly about this? <laughs> exactly. <'Cause I> don't. 
I mean, that's kind of, that's exactly, my take is like, am I supposed to think anything other than that this is funny? Am I like, am I supposed to think anything other than that's funny? Right. Yeah. And then you like go into the comment sections and it's like, people are actually like, uh, ferocious in their, uh, opinions uh, about this one way or the other. And it's just like insane to me. It's like, really? (laughs) All that stuff though, to me is always like, uh, it seems to me that's a very small portion of the population and, and caring about that shit is always like top down. Like, I don't think it, well, it's performative too. Yeah. Right? It's also like, I, you know, I'm a part of this social club and I have to perform. Uh, I have to act in certain ways and show, you know, my disgust or, you know, uh, appreciation for X or Y. Right. So people know that I'm, you know, a part of this or that. Exactly. Exactly. It's it, performative is the is the one hundred percent perfect way to and put I mean, it. Look, to, to some extent, everyone does that God in the same setting. Keep knocking uh, things down. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, just say to some extent, almost everyone does that. You know, but it's just like there's uh, when it's done in regards to politics, it's extremely unsettling to me. Yes, <laughs> over things that just like are <clears throat> elevated to such a level. Yeah. Um, why are you so? Yeah. Why, why are you so invested? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking of being invested things that don't actually matter to me, um, (laughs) the, uh, Javier Millet went on, uh, Tucker Carlson on X. Um, Tucker traveled to Buenos Aires and did an interview with Javier Millet and this kind of blew up in a cool way. He's the the libertarian running. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, he's the. We talked about him a couple episodes ago. He's a he's a Rothbardian. Um, calls himself an ANCAP, and he's running yeah. uh, for president of Argentina. And he yep. is uh, apparently there's a lot of youth support behind him. I was looking at some stuff. They use what's really rad about it about that aspect of it in, t- uh, uh, in particular is that they use uh, Goku as their mascot. <laughs> okay there's a bunch of there's an image macro of goku when he you remember when goku had the halo when he had uh died and he went down the snake way and and got to the planet and um trained um closer to the beginning Uh, i've seen the memes okay yeah well he has a halo on and there's a and he's like reaching down at the viewer with his hand and the the image macro Mm -hmm. just says welcome to the forces of heaven and it's because Millet had said something, uh, something on the lines of, um, "It's not about the forces. Uh, it's not about the forces that are against us on the earth. It's about the forces that come from heaven." And so the the uh-huh. the that image macro of Goku saying, "Welcome to the forces of heaven," <laughs> is all Incredible. over. Anytime anyone talks yeah. about him online, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there's something about like being a very like you know um charismatic and having an interesting haircut Uh, (laughs) like the populist haircut thing it seems to be a trend i don't know maybe i this could be completely like bullshit but there's a pattern emerging having Uh, bad hair makes you perfect for a populist candidate yeah (laughs) no yes for real like uh like it it just it it makes you stand out, uh, and it's like, oh, that that guy's interesting. I, I see his haircut, so I'd listen to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, totally. Well, I think there might be something about yeah. it that seems unpretentious. Uh, he, I also love that he's. 
Right. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, no, that is an actual, like, legitimate thing, too, right? It's like, yeah, this guy doesn't look like every other one of these guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. So I interrupted while you were there. You were um, saying something. I also love that he's a cosplayer. Oh, no. I was just saying, I also love that he's a cosplayer, yes! too. Like, uh, people really underestimate the type of, like, nerd pull that you can get from that. Oh, yeah. Um, if you, you know, and it's, it's, it's just, it's very, very funny. Absolutely. The uh, the interview is interesting. It's I'll tell you what is interesting about it to me. And that is that mm-hmm. it is interesting and, and, and nice. I, I'll call it interesting uh, again later on, I'm sure. I've, I haven't said it enough. Um, the <laughs> it is, it's nice to me and refreshing to hear somebody who talks about um, political positions that he has who is running for office and actually successfully running for office. He's, he's the front runner in this race. It seems interesting to me that, um, he is and refreshing that he is directly referencing libertarian, like libertarian principles in his policy positions. Yes. Even though, even though no, I, I disagree with him on some of them, and, and there is disagreement within libertarianism sure. about where libertarian takes you on abortion. I, 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 there is absolutely disagreement within yeah. that, and that's one of the that's a tough topic. That there's a lot of discussion that goes on about it, and I get that. But yeah. no, it is refreshing no matter, to me no to hear where you land on. There are a lot of factors. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I no, no, I, you're I think fine. A delay. I, I, there I is a little bit of a delay. You. No, you're fine. You're fine. There is a little bit of a delay. Um. No problem. Uh, it, it is. It is interesting because there's a uh, to hear him justify his position on abortion, not with social conservative talking points, but instead going to the nap to make the argument. I, I just find mm-hmm. that so refreshing. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, and there's but, but he had other uh, they talked about other things, too. It seems like Carlson tried to bring a lot of the social conservative stuff to the conversation. Like he was talking about the architecture mm-hmm. and stuff around Buenos Aires and how there's some very beautiful buildings and there's all the state buildings that are terrible and ugly looking. And Millet was just like, well, I mean, yeah, socialism makes you poor. And so you can't really build anything pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, but he's, uh, he's, he was in, it was an interesting interview. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. No, I, I saw, I saw parts of it. I didn't see the whole thing, uh, but no, from what I saw, it, it was it, very cool. And a lot of people are like, look, hold on. Let's restart the call real quick. Let's restart the call. Just exposure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I was saying, uh, Elon retweeted it out and I think that is, uh, that's very cool. It's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I am. I don't know. I'm I'm just really he seems like as politicians go, right? So I'm grading on a curve. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's kind of the real deal as far as like libertarian politicians go. Oh, sure. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? He seems like a true believer. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's very cool. I also think that that's getting support. Like there's actively support for that. Mhm. For sure. But I recommend people watch whenever that you interview. have someone who is like passionate about something. Oh yeah, like it, it's refreshing, you know. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Um, there was also here. There was a. Uh, I'm trying to find. 
Oh yeah, uh, Patrick McFarlane pointed this out. Um, Tucker in that interview kind of attacked libertarianism in America, mm-hmm. like Cato Institute style libertarianism. I thought that was just kind right. of interesting. Uh huh. And it, yeah. it was it was uh, just it's interesting to see what the face of libertarianism is to like other people who aren't libertarians, really. Yes. I got the feeling that he was he he his only experience really with libertarianism is like beltway libertarians. Yeah. Yep. Um all right. So that's all like the update stuff. That's all stuff that we mentioned, you know, Millet we mentioned on an earlier episode, mm-hmm. Paxton, all that stuff. That's all update stuff that is now Okay, we're that's out of the way. What was the um there was something in particular that you wanted Biden to thing? discuss. Oh, yes. The Hunter Biden thing. <laughs> so, we have talked on, the, on, on, a, on an earlier episode, uh, maybe a couple of them, mm-hmm. about Hunter Biden being, uh, basically being taken to court, being accused of, criminally, accused of perjury. Because when he was acquiring firearms and and filling out the paperwork to buy firearms, he said, uh, attested to, that he was not a drug user. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously a lie. And filling out that paperwork (laughs) is under penalty of perjury. Mm. So he Mm -hmm. has been... now, Now they tried to give him a deal that would drop those charges... And I, I think his attorney, for some reason, turned it down. I can't remember exactly how that went down. I know we talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. But he has been officially indicted on those charges now. Yeah, didn't we think he was getting off those charges originally? And then we thought the hopes of this had going the way we wanted it to were like not going to happen. Yes, because he had been offered. Yeah, the deal he was offered would have gotten rid of those charges. Yeah. And they turned down the deal. So he is he is now officially indicted on three counts uh based on lying on those forms. And why this is So cool, why are we excited about that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> why this is cool is um it is possible that Hunter Biden may make the legal argument that those forms and those questions in particular are violations of the Second Amendment. It would be so cool if really this would. is what like increased gun rights uh, illegally in America. Wouldn't oh, it? Yeah. Like if it oh, got yeah. kicked up, it's like it's like the meme. It's like the kid praying. It's like please God let it happen because it'd be so fucking funny. Uh, it's like I'm like that. Uh, I like I hope 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 this happens. Absolutely, it is going to be. I I hope they do it. I I really hope they do it because I want to see yeah. this argument. First of all, I want to see this argument made. There are already, I believe there's already a case that's working through the appeals courts based on this very thing, making, making this very argument. And I would love to see Hunter Biden's case added to that stack. Um, 
do you know how it would be one of the funniest moments in American history if uh, gun owners had to like give their thanks to Hunter Biden of all people <laughs> uh, for you know what I mean for increasing their legal gun ownership status uh, across the board? Well, it's one of the interesting things about it too is that there's a lot of conservatives who are like, yeah, but this isn't a violation because you shouldn't be a drug user and allowed to have a gun. <laughs> It's like these people. Oh, yes, because I've totally read that in the Second Amendment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where's that in shall not be infringed? (laughs) (laughs) But there's a I've seen a ton of conservatives who are like who are talking about like this isn't a conservative positions. Conservatives want to keep guns out of the hands of felons and drug users and all this other stuff. And it's like, eh, do you? Because. Um, if you do, I'm afraid you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, just as a standard, shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. Right. But, but Dean, what if there's people we don't like? Um, well, here's the thing. Here's the great thing about gun ownership with regard to people you don't like is that if the people you don't like try to hurt you with the gun, you can use your own gun and kill them. Yeah, but Dean, what if they want to kill them and they don't want to be shot back at, you know? Uh, Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes I could see why you would. Okay. yeah. Well, I guess the conservative position on this makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not about it's not the it's not about the ability to keep people to kill people I don't like if they're trying to kill me. It's about the ability to kill people I don't like and them not capable of killing me. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why you become a police officer. Exactly. <laughs> oh, speaking of, indictments came down for the cops who were involved. Oh, we we didn't mention this. I think it happened before the last show, but the indictments came down for the officers who were involved in the uh in the Tyree Nichols murder. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all happening. Um Good. I was asking I was looking at the I was looking at that announcement and I'm thinking, come on, Bronco, where's that evidence you said that the stop was good? <laughs> They could use it right about now. Right, yeah. Don't you have the magic bullet that yeah. would, uh, you know, quit these cops? Yeah. Uh, where is it? Yeah, I, I don't think it exists. Um, <laughs> I think Bronco was lying or otherwise making excuses for people he agreed with. Yeah, right. Um, which is itself just an absolute fucking travesty. Um, <laughs> anyway... Yeah, it's like, yeah, Vadim. What if there's people we don't like? Surely we have to make excuses for when cops beat them to death. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I just, I just want to know what what problem did he have with Tyree Nichols? And you're not allowed to say he's black, (laughs) right? (laughs) You have to at least say one thing before you say that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. One time, you have to say one thing you don't didn't like before you get to that. Yes, that's that's the rule. That's the standard. <laughs> I think that's a fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was also uh, outside of that, there was oh God, we didn't talk about the unity thing either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, the the game development sort of community is blowing the fuck up 
Yeah. Because Unity has decided that they are going to charge... The way that Unity has charged in the past, okay, has been mostly on a... for Especially for larger indie developers, has been on a per-seat license. So, like, the developers that you're yeah. going to have sitting down working on Unity, you need to have a license for their machine, basically. Which is the standard engine. Uh, yeah, That's the standard, like... Uh, like that's how like uh, developers who develop engines make money. Yes. Um, With the exception of Epic, the Epic actually uses a rev share yeah. model. Um, yes. For yes. Unreal. Yep. But um, Unity decided that they were going to try and copy Epic, Epic's homework a little bit. And they mm. decided that, but they decided instead of a rev share model, Mm-hmm. <laughs> They are going to charge a flat fee if you if you over a certain number of installs of the runtime, they are going to charge a flat fee to either the dev or the publisher of something like two cents for every uh, install of the game. It's not a flat. It's not. It's it's a flat fee. It's not a percentage, which is what uh, Unreal does. Yeah, it is a it is a and it's not a percentage of revenue, which is what Unreal does. It's a flat fee per install. So if you go on to Steam and you install Cult of the Lamb Mm -hmm. under this system, a game like Cult of the Lamb, which I did, which I believe did break the 200,000 install barrier, a game like Cult of the Lamb, they they that that developer now owes uh, Unity two cents. Or maybe it's Devolver uh, that would owe the two cents. I don't know if it's the publisher or the dev. Either way. And and because it's not a flat, like, it's not like a revenue model. It's not, like, based on revenue generation. This applies to, like, free installs as well. Yes! Uh, is that correct? Installation yeah. of a free so, like, game also incurs this penalty. Pokemon Go, uh, from what I understand, is on the Unity engine. Yes. Um, it's one of the most popular mobile games. It's free to, to install. Yep. Um... And it, it's it's when I it's things like that Genshin Impact I believe is also on Unity. Yes, this uh, made so the Pokemon Genshin Go devs Genshin. very angry. Yes, uh, and this seems explicitly targeted to me at least that this is a, a mobile gaming type thing that they're trying to get bu- like money from mobile downloads, uh, which are often free. Yep. Um, like mobile games are often free to install and try. Um. And that's what it seems like they're trying to cash in on. Yes, because those games, that model, the mobile gaming model, operates on the idea of high volume because it's a free game. Right. And then you pick up whales who are going to buy things from the shop. Yes. And that's sort of how those, uh, that's sort of how that model survives. Yeah, for sure. And that's how Genshin survives. Genshin is is an incredibly high volume game because it's free. And a lot of people yep. play it, and then, um, right. and then they just they, they get whales to roll the gotcha over and over and over again. Yep, yep. So this is I I, I agree with you. This is directly an attack, kind of on the mobile. Not an attack, but an attempt to an attempt to gain um, off of the fact that there are so many free games that run Unity. And they're very high volume games. But then they also said they they came out and they said this. This is what was interesting to me is they came out and they said in their in their sort of justification for this bullshit 
They said, by the way, the reason this is bad is because smaller indie developers can't afford this. Um, there was one guy who who uh, runs, runs a uh, little indie developer who makes mobile games, and they said that if we had to pay for every install of our game two cents, it would have eaten 150% of our revenue. Oh. And there oh, were people yeah, who were saying, is- like, justifying it, there were people who were saying, like, hey, uh, you don't have, you don't, um, this is actually cheaper than rev share, because if you have a game that takes off, and then the rev share actually eats into your, into your revenue more than if oh. you were to pay the two, the two cents per install. Yeah, but that's assuming it takes off, yes! you know? <laughs> like, that's, that's like, why okay, rev share is better. Point, <laughs> if I was a small startup... Right, and I had to choose between rev share or two flat, like two cents flat per install. I'd rather bet on the rev share because then I'd know. Oh yeah, if it does take off, then I can pay this. You know, uh, I would have enough to afford it. Uh, whereas, you know, under Unity's model, it's like as you said, yeah, no, you'd be you, you wouldn't be able to survive. Right, uh, you would not be able to be profitable. You you can't you can't be profitable, and it, the rev share model allows you flexibility. So, like, number yeah. one, you can price that share into your monetization because you yes. know what it is. You know exactly. You can do the math at every level. Yep. What 5% is is the same at every level. Yes. So you can price that into your monetization. You can also be flexible. There, there are a lot of games. Destiny is a great example of a game that had to go free to play to survive. Yes. And so there's a lot of games that run into that problem. There's a lot of games that go free to play because that model ends up working better for them than the than than yeah. a paid box model. Yes. And so they end up have, you can do that with a rev share thing. You yeah. can because you know exactly how much of your profit's going to be sucked up by the rev share and you can make yeah. that switch without having to redo all your math. And all you have to do is make sure that your monetization strategy then is, is accounting for that rev share. Right. But it's a share. It's never going to get bigger than that percentage of your revenue. You, you're never yes. going to have a situation where 100% of your revenue goes to this thing. It's always going to be 5% forever. Yes. <laughs> so the, that's, the, that's the problem with this kind of model. And they said um, that only because of the way that they line out the, the requirements, like you have to have over 200,000 installs to have to pay. So the way that they lined it out, they said that this is only going to affect something like 10% of the people who actually develop on Unity. The reason it's only going to affect 10% of the people who develop on Unity is because Unity is used by students, hobbyists, um, all kinds of people, just individual, individual people who just use Unity for fun, either because they're trying to make an indie game or they want to figure out how, how game development works or they're, they're run, you know, following a Skillshare you know, thing right. or whatever, trying to learn stuff. Unity is, is you, that's where people use unity for that. Right. And so their whole thing is like the, the, the idea that only 10% that that's the entire indie game, like indie uh, development uh, right. section of their, of right. their market. Is that 10%? Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, he's like uh, as you said, like you know, just people, hobbyists or students or whatever, people who like may dabble in it. They're factoring that into their total percentage of people who use Unity, but those people aren't seriously using it. At right. least not right now. You know, they're just you know they're exploring it, which is fine. I'm not like uh, you know crapping all that. I'm just saying that you know it's kind. Of, it's very disingenuous to use that in your models uh, for your numbers. That's one of the uh, things that made that. Unity so popular is that they allow people to do that. It doesn't. It's constantly no money up front to get into unity development right yep that's why that's why it was so popular yeah and then they just they just ugh ugh and this whole thing everyone's like it it, well it disincentivizes anyone who is trying to like get a game or start a game right Mm -hmm. in the hopes that hey if i break like uh you know if i break that two hundred thousand threshold or whatever uh, then, you know, it's going to, it, it actually might be bad for me, depending on like, uh, you know, the amount of resources I have or my profit, profitability options, yeah. things like that. It's like, oh, now I don't even want to get popular. Whereas before I wanted to make a game that a lot of people played. And now it's like, well, now, you know, the, the engine, uh, unity themselves are kind of like pointing a gun at me, uh, in some, like in a metaphorical sense. And, you know, it kind of makes me not want to even, you know, uh, you know, do this in the first place. So it's, it's a very weird business model. If you're developing uh, a mobile that. game, you might be developing something. If you're just starting out, you might be developing something that you know is going to be a loss leader, but it's for your portfolio. Right. Yes. So yeah. so you have that as like I finished it and shipped a game, right? And and you know it's yes. not going to get big. You know it's never going to be but but it's for your it's 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 intended to be a loss leader for your portfolio. Now let's say something happens yes. to that game like happened with Among Us where a streamer yes. plays it right. and it kind of takes off virally. Well, you're never going to be able to recoup your costs once somebody right. sends you the bill. Right, exactly. Yeah ever it's 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 ridiculous and the the there were issues with it too especially like a free install which most of those games would be like those types of games those types of like hey i'm just doing this you know as as, as you said like a portfolio portfolio thing it's like yeah people aren't going to charge those those are like meant to be easily accessible by people yes Uh, that's, that's the point of like what those things are uh, and as you said, if a streamer plays it one day, you know, a bunch of people just download it and install it and it goes crazy viral, like you said. Yeah, uh, that person who made that game is kind of screwed now. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like suffering from success, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You You can't you have to hope that your game actually sucks. Yes. <laughs> you have to hope that nobody wants to play it. Right. There was one company that said, uh, well, this is easy. We're just going to cap downloads, or we're just going to go and cap the number of t- times that our game can be bought at 199,000. Hmm. 199,999. So get it while it's hot, because we're not selling 200,000 of these. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that actually is a good marketing strategy, because then it puts, like, FOMO into people who oh, might yeah. be interested. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you might be able to actually afford it. And then, and then here's the problem too: yeah. is it's a built-in upsell tactic because if you then mm-hmm. pay for the more expensive license, your the the flat fee goes down. Oh, so like if okay. you hit that two hundred thousand and you pay for the more expensive license, at that point the flat fee goes down, and it goes down when you go up to the more expensive one than that too. Hmm. So, uh, so the whole thing is designed so to force a flat an upsell. Fee even- so there's still a flat fee even when you do purchase the like more expensive license. 
Yes, but I believe the um the the break point for when you have to start paying it goes up again. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you might not have to at the two hundred thousand. You might have to at like five hundred thousand or something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. You. Uh, uh, Unreal's model is uh, the first. The first million is free. Yeah, million. Yep. And then after that, you have to start paying, which is fine. But here's the thing, too. Yeah. There were a bunch of issues with this that that Unity had to come out, and and this is one of the the primary issues. Of this. They're going to have to ship spyware in the runtime in order yes. to actually measure this. Right. How are they going to actually track installs? That was what I was about to ask. <laughs> yes. They're going to have to find a way to do that. And right now they're telling devs, well, this is a proprietary data model and we're not going to give you any details. The problem with that, there are two problems with that. The first is that this affects the EULA. So mm-hmm. devs, are gonna, devs need to know what kind of spyware is in the game they're shipping. And so they, they like devs are gonna have devs are gonna need those answers. It also introduces a liability problem. So, in in Europe, the GDPR is very very protective of people's personal data, especially children. Mm-hmm. And who downloads a lot of free mobile games? Mobile games. Yep. Kids. Yeah, kids. And so you, these publishers and developers are setting themselves up to be fine. Not to mention Unity itself. For violations of the GDPR, if they don't know what's in the spyware, they're shipping to people. Right. And so they're going to have to use, they're going to have to come up, this can't work. First of all, I don't believe that there's a reliable method by which they could count installs. They said that they wouldn't count pirated uh, installs, and they wouldn't count reinstalls. I, I I don't know the like technical know how exactly, so I'm not you know exactly qualified to speak on this. But how would they know if it was pirated exactly versus or like uh, well, I mean I'm sure there are some ways, but like uh, reinstalls or something like that. I'm sure you know the license they could maybe track the license if you had downloaded it previously. But it seems like it's a recipe for disaster where like someone could theoretically just reinstall the game a bunch and they'd be tracking it as a new install. Uh, right. Know. Well, even consider this. Like, okay, so like the way that Windows determines whether or not you're reinstalling Windows is totally broken, right? Windows will yeah. like look at the hardware on the machine, and if like too much has changed, they'll call it a new machine. Yeah. So like, if you were to take your 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 hard drive from like, okay, my machine here. If I were to take my hard drive out of this machine, build a new machine, and just drop my 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 not my solid state drive into that new machine, Windows yeah. would say that this is a, a new thing and they would put up the piracy watermark. Yep. That, that, that activate windows watermark. Yep. So that, that whole thing, <sighs> windows doesn't even know what a new install is and, and how right. is, how is whatever spyware they ship with the runtime? How is that going to be able to tell if I have installed this new, if I changed my hard drive and I'm downloading it to the same machine, but I had to get new storage, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How, <laughs> how are they going to know that? The amount of data they're going to have to collect to be able to know that is crazy. And if you're and if you're developing on Unity, it's like that doesn't inspire confidence that they can't even tell you what the how like the algorithm they're using to determine that. Right. Uh, you know, which means you don't <laughs> know like, what the bill is going to be when it comes in. Right. Yes. It's completely unpredictable. 
Because a developer's not going to know what's a new install and what's a reinstall and what's a pirated install. Right. The developer's not even going to be able to know that because they're not shipping that fucking spyware. So how are they yeah. going to know? How are they going to know what the bill's going to be? You can't price that into your model. Right. Yeah. It's a total unknown. It's a black box. And, and that's the other issue with it being a black box. Like I said, it's the GDPR. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any developer or publisher is going to be comfortable shipping black box spyware in Europe. Right. Right. And there's already like people, you know, VPNs and stuff like that. People who take their privacy seriously or that that's like that's not like some niche libertarian thing. Like a lot of people take that seriously. Oh, yeah. And if people find out that there's spyware in a game engine, they're going to be like, hmm, uh, I, you know, I, some people I think are at least going to think twice about downloading, especially when it's like a, a mobile game. And I don't mean to sound, I don't mean this to sound condescending, but like a lot, mobile games have a reputation of being kind of shady already, like oh, yeah. mobile games. So like if you're some like developer startup or something, if you're publishing some free mobile game on Unity and, uh, you know, you, you have knowledge that Unity has some spyware in it, essentially, uh, that's going to be a little like, uh, disconcerting for some people, I'd imagine. Like, it's like yes. no, actually, you know, I, I don't want to download this. And how do you know your EULA is any good? Like, I mean, supposedly you're going to get a EULA from Unity, right? And that's going to be part of the EULA that you would have to include. But how do you know Unity's EULA is any good? How do you know they're not lying in that? If you don't know what the process is, how do you know that Unity isn't lying in their EULA? So you send out a EULA to people that you don't know is false or fraudulent, and now you're cut a lawsuit because you had this (laughs) part in the EULA that Unity gave you to put in the EULA. Like, how do you, uh, the other shady thing they did was this, and this is the part that I think is really shady, and this is the part that I think is going to get Unity in real legal trouble with developers. And that is, they had their license agreement on, uh, on GitHub. And there was a repo on GitHub that had every change that's been made to the license agreement going all the way back to when they first put it up there. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So they went onto the EULA. On, on GitHub, the, the license agreement, on GitHub, they changed it to where this charge would be retroactive, and then they pulled down the repo. Oh, that's right, the retroactivity of it. Yes, I totally forgot that was the thing of it. Yes. Because the original oh. license agreement, the license agreement before had said that if you keep your game on the version of Unity that you shipped it with or, or or you keep it on a version of unity that had a, a particular license agreement that license agreement attaches to the version and you don't have to update it so if you just keep it on that same version you're under the license for that version well yeah. they, they the took that away charging oh my god so now a game like Dude, cult of yeah, the lamb I, which is already like, shipped, shipped like a long time no ago yeah yeah, yeah. I was no, just going to say, sorry, I, I, there was a delay. I yeah, I know. We have a little bit of it. It's so fine. It's fine. What were you saying? Uh, I was going to say, I, I have like no like legal knowledge of this, but it seems like retroactive charging and changing of like the EULA uh, is very bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, now, supposedly they do have the right to change the license, but the problem is when, you're, when your license already said, if you keep it on this version of, of the engine and you don't update it, you're going to be under that old license, people agreed to that, and now you're changing right. that clause entirely and just taking that away. I don't know if you can legally do that. Mm-hmm. 
So, so there's, I mean, there's the principle that they have, and, and there was a clause in there that they have the ability to change the terms if they want to, oh, but, sure. but that's yeah, a that's, yeah. core change that's, that could be a problem. But it seems like it's like a retroactive, like re- application of something, yes. uh, you know, you can change the terms, but it seems like if you're going to retroactively charge people, that's, that's not just changing the terms. That's like imposing terms when they didn't agree. Yes. Uh, you know, Unilaterally. Me, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's one of the interesting things about it. So a game like Cult of the Lamb, which came out a long time ago, um, as soon as this thing kind of kicks in, any, any installs that happen after that date, this is going to apply to. <laughs> Even though the game's been wow. out forever. Yeah. The game's already, it's a released game. It's a completed product. And, and yet, they're still going to, yeah, if anyone plays it. The game down, or they threatened to? They threatened to. They, they acted like it was a joke, but I'm not convinced. Because um, uh, the developers of Hollow Knight were, have been working on a, an, a, a, uh, an expansion or an update or a DLC. It's something. It's basically a sequel. But called Silk Song. And yeah. they've been working on this for a long time, and it's been delayed a couple of times. And after this, they basically came out and said, okay, guys, we have to totally restart now. Because we can't, we can't, we were, we were developing in Unity, and we can't do that anymore. So we're going to have to totally oh, restart development of this thing that has already been delayed, that people have already been asking for, for something like six years. Um, mm-hmm. We have to start all over. Oh yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, and it also means they're gonna have to port Hollow Knight because people are still downloading yeah. Hollow Knight. I was I was honestly when I saw that I was like I need to go buy Hollow Knight because if they if if I started buying it I, yeah. after that, I mean they have to port it over basically to a different engine. Yeah, and that's gonna break all kinds of shit. There's gonna be a lot of indie games that aren't gonna work right after they have to port them over to a new engine. Oh, yeah, they'll have to do a lot of tweaking and fixing, for, for sure. Yeah, I know a lot of them were talking about uh, going to Godot and, and a couple of other engines, but it's like, ah, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that is trash. <laughs> and that's added cost, too. So it's like you're, you're already oh, yeah. forcing these people to give some amount of revenue to porting away from you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All I've seen, like, I, I, I wasn't paying attention to the story too, too closely, but all I've seen are, like, uh, game developers be extremely upset about this. Like, it's it's been going, people have been going crazy about it, and, like, rightfully so, I think. Yeah. Uh, because that is, that's nuts. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then they should be. Like, the the, the way that... <sighs> Honestly, the license thing, the the pulling down the license repo and making it retroactive and all that, that is the dirtiest part of this to me. Yes, 100%. Yeah, because it's like they're acting shady and they know it. Uh. Right. That, that's the thing that to me, that's that is some uh, indicia of like fraud. Uh huh. Yeah. 
And now I don't know if it's fraud. I think this is an interesting legal topic and I would love to, to see a court uh, deal with this. But um, I, I, so I don't know that for sure, but it's kind of feels like if you have a public repo of all the changes to your license that you've made and then you suddenly Darth Vader style alter the deal and then pull down the repo. It's like, what, what are you hiding? What, Wizards of the Coast, the, the company that owns D&D, all, did, tried something like this not too long ago. When they tried to revoke license? the open gaming uh, license. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the license under which people would send made. out like their custom, custom campaigns. And if they had custom character builds yes. or character types and stuff, that would all be under the open gaming license. So you could say like, this is a custom campaign for D and D and it's under the open gaming license. And I can sell it to people on my Patreon because of the open gaming yeah. license. Wizards of the coast wanted to own that. They, they were trying to essentially claim ownership of that campaign of those custom yes. <laughs> changes. And how do you yeah. how do you even do that? Like, uh, here's yeah. the thing: the solution to that problem is just to say, uh, okay, so this is a a campaign that I made for tabletop gaming, and this is a campaign that I made for tabletop gaming in a fantasy setting, and here yes. are some magical abilities that aren't the names you remember them being, but they're all the exact same thing as what right. you remember them being. And like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's it's very easy. Right. I mean, there's no way to police that. Yeah. You, like you can't. <laughs> You can't you know stop I mean? it. Like it's, it's like, yeah, no. It just seems wild to me that they would even try to do it. But this is one of the things, too, that they've done is that they have. Um, you remember when we were talking about Baldur's Gate and how mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 could have like a snap together map maker and you could legitimately use Baldur's Gate to run a, a real campaign oh, like, yes. of, of the game? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well,. There's a reason you can't do that. Oh, really? Wizards of the Coast owns... I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> under the license... Oh, they own, they own the IP, technically. Yeah. Well, they, not only do they own the IP, they own the rights to make any, uh, any high-fidelity digital tabletop. Wait, they do? I didn't know that. Yes. And they're working on a product oh. that's as part of the D and D subscription service thing. They're working on oh, a product. Yes, the 3D. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, exactly. And so the the Larian can't do that because they don't have the rights to. Because Wizards of the Coast has basically kept the rights to any high fidelity sort of digital tabletop, uh, di- digital tabletop in house. They they have not those rights. Like if Tabletop Simulator tried to do that they'd get sued into oblivion. Oh my god. Yeah, Wizards of the Coast are really like uh, grade A scumbags uh, as a company. <laughs> like they are Yeah, absolutely. They are, uh, some of the worst. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the things that one of the reasons that that's a, a part of that license, this is fascinating too. I watched a whole video on this. One of the reasons that that's part of why the license is structured is that they said, um, what we don't want is for people to have digital tabletops that animate things like magical, magical attacks, like magic missile and, and things like that. That we want that to be the imagination of the player. And, and we don't want digital tabletops to take that aspect of the game away, which sounds fine. I, I mean, that sounds fine. I, I mean, yeah, but if you're playing, 
Sure, but if you're playing in a digital tabletop, you're already like the theater of the mind if you choose to use a virtual tabletop in the first place, kind of. Right. But I, I can I can see I see where you're going. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Sure. I just, uh, yeah. Well, that was part of the justification, and 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 you know it is dumb, right? But I get it. Yeah. Um. So uh, the problem with that is that their product has all the magic stuff animated in it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And like, like uh, Baldur's Gate three. I don't. I don't know how many people know this, but it also has stuff animated in it. Well, as well. right. But they're allowed to do that because it's a video game. But the I'm talking about Wizards right. of the Coast digital tabletop that they're developing. Yes, has all the magic and stuff animated in it. Right. Oh, yes. Right. Yep. yep. So, like that, their justification for structuring the license like that is is a lie. It's just a lie. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's uh, that, you know, they were doing the virtual tabletop thing. Like for one, I, it, so the, the virtual tabletop is being made in unreal engine, I think. And uh, it looked cool. Like it legitimately looked oh, it cool. Looks I thought great. it looked very cool. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, they're trying to monopolize this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've hated like other virtual tabletops for a long time. Yep. Uh, from what I understand. Um, well, because no one's just... going to buy your, no one's going to buy the actual stuff that wizards makes because you can 3d right. print all your environmental stuff. You can do, you can 3d print your characters. You can do whatever you yep. want. Like you don't have to buy anything wizards makes. Right, exactly. And you can just like the whole point of like Dungeons and Dragons in the first place is that you can fork it. It is the er, like OG open source, right? It's like, right. hey, if I don't like something that they're doing, I'm just going to homebrew my own rule. And if my my you know uh, my, if my players are okay with it, that's that's what the rule is now, or something like that, you know, or uh, you know, just things like that. Uh, homebrewing so, yeah. whole campaigns, like you don't it's- have to play. A D&D campaign out of a D&D campaign book. You can just, no. if your DM's good and creative enough, you can just make a, make your own campaign. The, the original like player's handbook even says, hey, these are just guidelines uh, and we encourage like DMs to like make their own stuff. Uh, right. So it's like, yeah, the, it's even explicitly endorsed by the game itself. Yes. So that's one of those interesting, the, the it's been... The licensing stuff has been wild because it, it's it's true that this this um this thing with Unity follows very closely on the tail of Wizards of the Coast trying to gut the yeah. OGL. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's just fascinating to me because it seems to me that I'm I'm I I I run a lot of open source software. I love open source software. I'm in discords for various open source yeah. software projects that I'm waiting on or that I, that I'm trying to track the development of. Like yep. I'm, I, I love that community and the strength of the community around an open source project is yeah. ultimately what keeps it alive and keeps it developed and, and keeps everything going smoothly yeah. without an open source community around D and D who gives a fuck. This is the problem. Right. This is the problem that Games Workshop is running into, is that they've got, everything is so locked down and expensive, nobody can join the hobby. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Though, what, like, why D&D has survived, uh, like, since its inception, is because it allows 
people to have the freedom to just make up whatever they want. And there's a general guiding like rule set that they can kind of like work off of or they can change it if they want. You know, if something doesn't work for them, they can change it. If they don't like some rule because it doesn't work for their party, they can change it. And, and you know, it just it, it, it works like that because it's very flexible. Yeah, you can start it's, your whole table at level five if you wanted to. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, and, you guys don't have to great, fuck with yeah. low level stuff. You can start, you can all start at level five. Right. Yeah, starting at level one is cool for the very first time you play D&D or a tabletop because, you know, you kind of want to get that experience in. But after that, level one sucks. No one likes playing at level one uh, after the first time. You know? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to like if if, um, you know, Wizards of the Coast puts out a new rule edition or something like that and like uh, one class just sucks. Uh, you know, the DM or whatever can just, they can work with the party members and say, okay, I'm going to make it so this attack actually works like this instead. Yeah. You know, like Monk, for example, in Dungeons of Dragons 5e, monks are some of the most underpowered classes at low level. Uh, they are awful and uh, very few people actually enjoy playing them uh, from what I understand because uh, it just takes so long for them to actually be good that it's just, and mind you, for most D&D games, you usually don't make it past like level 10 or 12. Um, out of right. 20 because yeah, it gets very hard to balance things past that level oh it's hard um, to balance and also that's a long campaign if you're really if you're meeting that experience slowly long. that's a very long campaign yes yeah exactly so it's like for most people like monks just aren't worth it like the, yeah obviously you know people like them but they're just like compared to the other classes they're just underpowered uh and that's actually one of the things that uh larian did Baldur's Gate 3, which is that they said, hey, we know Monk kind of sucks in the rule set we're basing this game off of, so we're going to change it. And they gave Monk some of the like the cool things they get later on very early, and that kind of like fixed the class, essentially. Yeah, a lot of the unarmed attack <laughs> stuff that you get early on is yes. for Monks. Yes. Yeah. And the, so the fact that you're, you know, uh, like, that's that's the great thing about D&D is that, hey, yeah, the Wizards of the Coast, they came out with a new rule set, but look, half this stuff sucks, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's you can just fork it. So, yeah, that's that's why like that type. That's why open source projects like that are cool. That's awesome. And and people run Patreons where all they do is is make custom rule sets, make custom campaigns, yes. do the Maps. balancing work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they then Wizards of the Coast wanted to gut that whole cottage industry insane like the dnd would not even survive like if wizards of the coast had their way dnd would not i don't think would have survived for like you know as long as it has if they had their way from the start well dnd would be facing the same problems that warhammer is where it's yeah. like, like you can't nobody can get into the hobby there's already a there's already a barrier to entry for 40k in that like a good chunk of it is um like painting your your figures and 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 trying to like build your army out and all this other stuff right the 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 the, the barrier to entry for 40k is already pretty high and so um and there are people who play unpainted and all this other stuff and that's fine it's, people tend to be okay with that but what 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 why would you then lock it down to the point that it's so expensive to play your game that nobody wants to nobody wants to buy your rule books nobody wants to buy it like everybody just wants to rip a pdf of it because i'm I'm not gonna pay you to play a game that i can't even afford to play at a high level you know what i mean right exactly yeah yep so it just seems it, it it just seems so backwards and i understand they have to make money somehow i get that Mm-hmm. But uh, 
stripping all of the all of the freedom out of it is not how to do that. All you're gonna do is kill the vibe. Is all you're gonna do is kill the vibe for the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna give it away like, to systems like Shadowrun, and you're gonna give it away to systems like that are that exist. Pathfinder, systems that exist that people want to do more because there's more stuff out there for it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it turns out that a game oriented oriented around like uh, freedom for like the players and everyone involved. Uh, when you try to put restrictions on that, uh, it's like hmm, it doesn't really mesh well. It yeah, shocking. I know. <laughs> Surprise to everyone. Yeah, I mean the way you play the game is whatever you can imagine you can do as long as you can pass the dice roll. Yeah, and it's like yeah. so so. Th- I mean the way you that's how you play. It's built on that idea. Yeah. And then trying to strip yeah. that out is just ugh. And there's so many cool, like you know, uh, YouTube series or like uh, uh, like um, Spotify playlists that are just people like playing Dungeons and Dragons, like role playing. Mm-hmm. And the Wizards of the Coast wanted to cash in on that. They were like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that's absolutely like, yeah. one of the things they were going after. Yeah, they were going after like the critical role type. Yeah, they're like, okay, we gotta you know cash in on this because we know how big this is. It's they wanted like, a piece oh, of that action. Yep. And instead it's just like, okay, okay, buy them. Just buy yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just buy Critical Role. Just, just buy, yeah. just buy these media outlets that are making this content yeah. and, and start working into your own pipeline. Start making it yourself. Have an official right. Wizards yeah. of the Coast. Honestly, this is one of the things that could be really good for some of their campaign books and stuff. If they had an official Wizards of the Coast thing that was as good as Critical Role that was like we mm-hmm. are playing with this campaign book that Wizards puts out. That's what oh, that's yeah. the campaign we're playing. You could sell the hell out of campaign books to unimaginative GMs or DMs who don't want to go in and do the work um yeah. to to build their own campaign. You could sell the hell out of a book like that by just having people having fun playing it. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> And they and they seem to be reticent to do that. They just want to try and 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 uh, <laughs> I, I I hesitate to say leech because technically Critical Role is leeching off the IP of, of Wizards of the Coast, right? But um, they they what you don't need to try and gut well, that creativity. I I mean, but like even the, the old license, right? I I think they did they didn't go forward with the new license, but the 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 license has said, yeah, you can just do this, right? So, right. like, even though, like, you know, we don't believe in IP, even the license in itself would, you know, say, hey, yeah, have at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it was, like, an open commons license. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they went back on it, but it does tell you where they're kind of, where their head's at. Um, it's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and this comes down from, uh, who, uh, Hasbro owns Woods of the Coast, right? Um, yep. Yeah. This is Hasbro has been talking recently about trying to crank out um, more shit. Like they're really trying to get their various segments of their company to be more profitable. And Wizards of the Coast, <laughs> like this was a directive from Hasbro to Wizards of the Coast. Oh yeah. It's the same reason Hasbro started making a lot more movies after after the Transformers pictures have done so well. And then Hasbro was like, "Uh, Ouija, we can make a Ouija movie." And it's like, uh, yeah. Nobody wants to watch that though. <laughs> but then there's also like this reminds me too did you see the the kerfuffle around the starfield mod that was behind a paywall no 
There was a there was a modder who released a Starfield mod that that was it was the it was the modder who made the um uh the DLSS two uh and XCSS mod for uh or SSX I can't remember how you I don't remember the acronym but it was the DLSS two mod that same developer put the DLSS three version of that mod behind a paywall on their Patreon okay and the community freaked out. <laughs> because it's like you can't you can't put a mod behind a paywall for a lot of reasons. Um the first is that the culture of modding is very open. And right. trying to put a mod behind a paywall is just going to piss them off. The second is that you don't own your mod. Part of the license right. for these video games is that and this is all IP stuff, right? So nobody really cares about it. At least nobody who listens to this show thinks it's legitimate, but legally if you make a mod for a video game, that mod is the property of the developer. Yes. And so you putting it behind a paywall is going to cause a ripple effect whereby Bethesda, if they see that, they either are going to come after you or they're mm-hmm. going to see that and say, okay, so paywalled mods are okay now. They weren't when we tried to do it in Skyrim a few years mm-hmm. ago, and now it's okay. And so now we can do it. Right. Because Bethesda tried to do paywalled mods and everybody fucking hated it. Yeah. It's like, don't give them ideas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, but the other side of it, again, that legal issue is a, is a big deal because it's like, if, if they see that you're making money off a mod, they're going to come take that money. Oh, yeah. That's their money. <laughs> Based on the license. Yep. Oh, that is one of the interesting things to see what kind of stuff they leave alone. Like, for example, there's a Patreon I know that does, uh, makes models for, like, fetish gear for The Sims 4. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, the most, it's the I, most isn't popular the model a maker, great place? Right? Yeah, isn't right? it, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but EA, as, 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 as greedy as EA is... They haven't gone after it because they're like, I don't think we want to claim this. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you just have to sit back and think about like, man, think of like the evolutionary process. And it, it led to this, the pinnacle of human <laughs> achievement, which is the fetish. <laughs> it really, the world really is a great place. Yeah. But just like that, they could they could very easily just be like, no, we own that. That's ours. It's a mod for our game, and and the yeah. license says no, it's yeah. ours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it was a it, this this whole like this idea of that happened at the same time as the Unity stuff, mm-hmm. and it seems yeah. like everybody's scrambling to paywall whatever they can as quickly as possible, more so than usual. Yeah, right. And it just, like, I think you said before, but it just, like, gives a bad vibe. Like, even if, no, no matter what else you think about it, it's just, like, that, like, it, it, it in a community, like, especially with the, like, as you said, the Mahdi community, which is fairly open, it's, like, that just sets a bad pre- precedent, and it's going right. to piss people off. Yeah, absolutely. And there are people who are like, well, he, he should be able to be paid for his work on the mod, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yes, he should if he wants to. Yeah. But the problem is that yeah. you can't sort of do it this way for a number of reasons, right. not the least of which is the community that you're a part of expects you not to. 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, someone is going to make that mod for free. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, somebody did immediately. As soon as it, you know? as soon as the DLSS right. three version was made yeah. the paywall, somebody just made a different one, and they were like, "Here, I'll give you the DLSS right. three for free." Yep. So yep. it's it, you just can't. You, you, I mean, you, you can't win trying to do that. And I think it also speaks to yeah, the yeah. idea, like of of Wizards of the Coast and and Unity doing this, and then modders trying to do this. I think it speaks to this idea of just like in a in a in a um corporate uh system that exists for profit, right? All these products exists for all, exist for profit. All of these products are corporate products, yes. and and it's all about um making money off of these products. But there has to be, in order to maintain sort of the vibes, the good vibes around the product, mm-hmm. there has to be some no. sort of veneer of openness and community and freedom. Yes. And, it's, yes. and it feels like that veneer is being chipped away more and more. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting balance. Because like like I think deep down everyone knows that like this exists for profit, uh, but there's some expectations they have before they'll meet them halfway. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, and every, everyone's fine uh, with that fact. Yeah. Right, right. Everyone's yes. fine with that fact as long as that veneer is there. As long as right. as long as it feels like a community, as long as it feels open, as long as it feels like there's freedom, as long as it feels like, you know, with like a Bethesda game, if Bethesda suddenly said, uh, okay, um, everybody who makes mods, we want a cut of your donos. And it's like, right. that would just shatter the illusion immediately. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and, but that illusion has to be, and it feels it's like, like when illusion. you log on Destiny. And, and it- yeah. Uh, it's like when you log on Destiny and the first thing you see is an advertisement buy our DLC. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the very first thing. You- yeah, and they put power like, in the oh, battle pass shit. and they start doing all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. I yeah. I see what's happened right. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's it, it, but that it feels like that veneer is being chipped away and that people are becoming more okay with that veneer being chipped away. It's like people have just accepted the fact that we're heading for a dystopia and they're just like, fucking fine. Just get us there. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, What was that about? Like, do you remember a while back uh, there was some like uh, BMW uh, thing drama about like heated seats in BMW? Yeah, a subscription like, service for heated cars. fucking it was seats. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone knows that buying a thing these days just means you're renting it. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But you cannot. Make it obvious to people. Yeah. You have yeah. to maintain it's that like veneer of ownership. You step too far. Yes. Eventually you step too far and that it breaks it. It like jolts people out of like being comfortable with, yes. it, with like, you know, the transaction. And it's like, uh uh-uh, uh, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Exactly. Ugh. Um so yeah, that's that's happening more. more. I, I I am I am not excited for the dystopia we're headed for. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> I at least want us all to be able to lie to each other about it. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, For sure. All right. Well, that's all I had. Do you have anything else? Uh, nope. That's all I had. I, I can't remember if we mentioned it at the start, but uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, feeling a little under the weather. Oh, uh, yeah, today. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you guys can blame that one on me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, next next week we'll probably have a longer episode, but, uh, but yes. yeah, that's, that's all I had. Yes. Um. All right. That's all I had as well. Is is there was just a lot of update stuff. There wasn't much that had happened outside of like yeah. Unity and uh, and that stuff. Like that's all that really. There wasn't really much yeah. that happened this week. I mean, there's been a lot of little news I and updates like to how, stuff we already talked about. I do like. Yeah, I, I do like how when when there's nothing to talk about, we kind of default to video game talk. I. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the especially yeah, when no, it's uh, like the the license agreements and stuff like that are are getting so weird. Yeah. Like this is stuff that actually affects your real life. I mean, this is the stuff that just like with the BMW yes. thing. Like you're gonna want to pay a subscription for heated seats pretty soon, and it's it's happening <laughs> in remember? every aspect of the economy. I, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but uh, one of the most insane examples of this was when Sony uh, patented. A feature where when there was a advertisement <laughs> on the screen, you had to. Sh- you, this is what I, I, I'm. I'm not shitting anyone here. Uh, the patent is actually for a system where when an advertisement uh, appears on your screen, you have to shout the name of the advertisement to get it to go away. Yes, and I'm not joking. That, that is an actual the, patent. That I they believe own. the actual illustration for it has a person standing up in front of the TV and saying McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that is your dystopian future. <laughs> That's like oh, oh god. it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> All right, do you want to do plugs then? Uh yeah. Uh, oh. on Twitter you can find me at ace underscore arcist. Um uh you can find me at ace arcist dot blue or, um ace dot com and uh ace arcist uh dot blue sky bsky dot social. Yes, and uh I am pacing Joska J O U S K A. I can be found at pacing Joska on Twitter, uh pacing Joska dot bsky dot social and uh, the show is T-E-T-C show on Twitter and T-E-T-C dot show on Blue Sky. And that's all I've got. <laughs> uh, also, I want to say there's a delay uh, I had because my internet was being very bad this episode, so I apologize for that. If it sounded like I was talking over Dean, it was because I, I was responding right after I heard him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but like, because there was a delay or yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. We just power the the best way to handle stuff like that's just to power through it because there's no there's no like yeah. real solution for it. Um. Anyway, right. thank you yeah. all for listening, and uh, we will see you later, next guys. Week. Have a good one. Yeah. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at tetc.show. dot